Nevada basketball is Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What is up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, the former ASBM play-by-play and color commentator, Jordan Burns, here with the sit-back, relaxed stat guy, Garrett Hirschberg. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter, at PackCenterNV, Instagram, at PackCenterNevada, and Facebook, PackCenterNevada. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Garrett, you know what I'm thankful for? What? The Cannon being home safe, secure, at the University of Nevada, painted blue for another season. Nevada defeated the Rebel Forces UNLV at Mackey Stadium on Saturday, 23-16, to close out the season. It was a great win. Great win for the fans and the team. Let's backtrack this to about Monday, Monday of last week. This game really... Monday was when we found out that Nevada had special helmets, the, the special battle-born helmets that we have been wanting for so long. Oh, and they're beautiful. Oh, they were. Simply they were, beautiful. They were, and we didn't really know how the rest of the uniform would go, and the uniforms turned out really good. They went with their home uniforms of blue and gray with the black helmets. It looked good. I personally probably would have gone like with a, like, sort of like a blue-on-blue, blue, like what Nevada basketball does, mm-hmm. uh, like with like the blue, the yellow, but also, this game wasn't really promoted for students. Like, sure, I get that it's Thanksgiving break, but you got to get enticed some people to stay for Thanksgiving. There were not many students there at all. Well, everyone's home for the uh, the holidays, and including myself. I wasn't at the game, and uh, I wish I was there, but I was actually out of the country. But but even then, it's still it was still hard to entice those because there's a lot of people from Reno go to school here so you you have people who can go to the game it's it's not like it's a night game like we're spending time with family it's not like it's on thanksgiving or that or that friday it was a saturday at noon kickoff well how was the rest of the stadium i mean the student section was bare oh the student section was bare but like general admission was packed um because a lot of of the people that like live in reno especially like Students, they might have been going with their families mm-hmm. and had actual uh, like, general admission tickets to yeah, so I, could sit I, with them. I guess uh, tailgating area right near the baseball stadium was packed. Uh, just I saw a lot more tailgaters than I expected. That's expected. Even on the worst seasons that we have, we'll have the best turnout for the UNLV game. Mm-hmm. It was the UNLV game. It was the holiday weekend, and it was the last game of the season. So everyone was going to go all out and come out for this game. I think everyone's excited that football season is finally over and the losing stops. Yeah, definitely. I mean, basketball season has already started, and now it's good that we get to focus a little bit more on basketball um, and along with the rest of the fans because that's the real one that students go all out for. But I actually want to talk about this game. Okay, we'll get we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> so the game, as you mentioned earlier, Nevada won 23-16. It was a weird game. Nevada got the ball first. They scored an opening drive touchdown. And then their momentum, they lost it. They lost all momentum, and then they didn't really pick it up, pick up their momentum again until midway through the third quarter. But it was great to see Nevada's offense. They, they did well. Um, Ganji went 24 of 33 for 266 and two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. He clearly misread the route the run, receiver was running, and it was just an easy interception for – uh, the rebel, he didn't even have to move. Yeah, it's kind of uh, he did that a lot against Boise, just throwing it straight to the uh, mm-hmm. to the to the uh, defender. Uh, Kelton Moore had 
23 carries for 109 yards and the game-winning touchdown. Austin Corbett, the offensive lineman, got a carry in the final game. They, like, they like threw it back to him, and he ran. He picked up maybe a yard or two. <laughs> Big man running. Yeah. Um, McLean had a huge game, seven receptions for 109 yards. Wyatt Dems had four receptions for 64 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was wide open. It was the first touchdown of the game. It was, it was, a, it was an, sort of like a wobbly pass, but there was just no one there. Okay, well, looking at it overall, so I was just following the game on my phone because I was out of town. Um, but I saw that UNLV was actually leading a good majority of the game. Yeah, they were. Um yeah, and one thing they did, they the UNLV uh, offense, they they controlled the ball really well. Like they they ran the ball down Nevada's throats. They they uh, had the time advantage by a significant margin. It was it was UNLV had the ball for thirty six minutes. Nevada only had the ball for twenty three minutes. So it was. You see that UNLV was able to run the ball with their running backs, and then Armani Rogers, their quarterback, who's a stud. He was able. He was just able to pick apart this defense. Yeah, speaking of defense, how did they do? I mean, I see that Austin Paulus had ten tackles, including a sack. Uh, the pass rush was able to get there. We saw this in their last one against San Jose State. Pass rush was able to get there. Corey Rush had three tackles for a loss on on the day. They had three sacks and seven uh, seven total tackles for loss, and they forced two fumbles. Uh, so defense was actually pretty stout. I mean, you say that like uh, they picked apart our defense, but it, looking at these statistics, I mean. Looking we at, were we were doing really well in the front seven and uh, big hits. Looking at, I wouldn't really say big hits as much as it was errors. Like, um, like one of the fumbles was um, Armani Rogers threw the ball. It was supposed to be like a screen pass. Um, he threw it laterally, and that's how a fumble happened because he didn't throw. He he threw it backwards. Uh, receiver didn't catch it. Rolled backwards for quite a bit. But like, it's did, we, just, did we recover that? No, we did not. Okay. We only recovered one fumble, and that was on another Armani Rogers fumble. Mm. Um, it just you just saw like these UNLV was just able to run and run all over Nevada, and that's why I say their defense played okay. They were able to, like they really didn't pass a lot. What what was the deciding factor in this game? I mean, it was a close game, twenty three well, to sixteen. UNLV kind of messed up their final play calling. They had a final drive to tie the game. Fourth and one, like, Nevada, like, 25? And they pass it. It was an interesting choice when, honestly, you could have ran a QB power with Armani Rodgers, and he probably could have scored. Like, just Nevada had a tough time tackling him. Yeah, he's a, a fast and shifty quarterback. On the day, he had he had, tw- well, he had 23 carries for 49 yards. The, the sacks are included in that. So uh, he had a long of 24 yards, and, a, and he also had a rushing touchdown. So he, you, we've seen Nevada struggle with rushing quarterbacks. Uh, Clayton Thor- Thorsten in week one against uh, Northwestern. You got the game against uh, Air Force. Air Force, that's, yeah. And so you, you've seen that we've struggled, and – it was good that the defense only managed to give up 16 points, which is a bit of a shocker. Mm-hmm. 
But Garrett, you, you seem so like solemn about this game. But I mean, we won against UNLV in the final game I, of the season. I, I understand that we won. I just wish we would have seen a blown blowout. Like I'm, I'm like a, or a little, little bit more of an exciting game. Yeah, yeah, because UNLV like they just took the lead with field goals and we field goal and then that touchdown. But like it was, we lost all momentum after that first drive. Yeah, how did we look out for that first half? I remember you were it, you were texting me saying that we had no momentum. It looked bad. Uh, Dems had a nice catch, made it. Guy missed, fumbled. Uh, then punt, punt, go for it. Fourth down, don't get it. Punt. It it just looked like it didn't look like a a clean as it, it wasn't a clean game. Okay, and we've kind of struggled at these one o'clock games with especially early on getting that momentum started. We start strong and then kind of like taper off. Yeah. yeah. But then we come back in the second half. So the second half was really where the action happened. Well, the last game, we the last one o'clock game, we won big. That's true. But we started off really slow. I remember sitting there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we were saying, like, oh, we're like, this game is going to be awful unless something happens. And then slowly but surely, we got the momentum back. And I feel like this game was very similar to that. Yeah. Also, the first quarter of the game, the reason we have 23, 23 points is that uh, UNLV blocked a PAT. So we also have to trail behind that. Like, we only have six points compared to their seven. And, like, yeah, at halftime it was 13-9. to nine. And then Nevada was just able to pick up all momentum and then outscore the Rebels 14-3 to three in the second second half. So it just showed that this, this was a second-half game, second-half team, and that I guess UNLV lost all, all their momentum they had in the first half at halftime. Gotcha. Well – Let's talk about this season as a whole. As we mentioned, this was the final game of the season, and the team overall went three and nine on the season, three and five in conference. Um, our predictions were way wrong. Yeah, our preseason predictions were awful. I mean, we went, we predicted six and six, and they ended up with uh, three and nine. Uh, not the greatest start to an era for Norvell, but I think that there's a lot of positives we can take away from this season. He ended the season on a t- winning two out of the last three. Granted, that was against San, D- San Jose State and UNLV. Uh, but you're right. This team this team is young. It's losing some key players, but it also has a lot of key players coming back. You lose Corbett, Austin Paulus, Wyatt Demps, to name a few. These are players who, who are like key figures. Like Corbett is the leader of the union. Austin Paulus leads the leads is like a, is like the leader is the captain of the defense. But on the other hand, you get a lot of key players returning. You got Ganji back for his senior season, so he's fully familiar with the air raid offense. Him and uh, Matt Mummy. Uh, yeah, I, I I have some great predictions yeah, for, no. for Ty Ganji next season. We're not going to make predictions out. It's way too early. Yeah, but I I have great expectations for oh, him. Yeah. I think Baber, Damian Baber. Yeah. Um, Kelton Moore, he's entering his junior year. McLean Mannix is only only entering his sophomore year, and Brandon O'Leary Orange is entering his junior year. So we got a lot of guys stepping are, up in these spots. These are only a few names. Like, to, I wouldn't say stepping up. It's just the fact that these guys were there already, so that they don't have to replace anyone big. Like, sure, you're gonna have to fill out a lot of people on the offensive line, but I have faith in. Uh, the leader of the union. Yep, definitely. Um, 
And I'm glad that we ended the season strong, you know, uh, winning two of the last three games. That's good momentum coming into next season. It makes it makes it look like Norvell finally got uh, his team together to rally and uh, finish off this season strong. I think it's most importantly that we the cannon is blue. It's, it's a huge thing for recruits. They get to see that there is something to play for. If you don't, if your season doesn't do well, you have a, a trophy, a rivalry trophy to play for. It is the largest trophy in, I think, college football, and by weight. Yeah, I'm sure the cannon's heavy. <laughs> so I think it's good. Um, there were a lot of there were a lot of recruits there in the game. Just seeing Nevada be able to win, it's it's good for the future. Yeah, definitely, it's good for the future. We mentioned a few players that are leaving. Uh, Corbett, Paulus, Demps, and we've got one of those guys in the studio with us right after this break. Wyatt Demps will be joining us uh, here about his uh, successes here at Nevada and the future for him. Stay tuned. Football's Wyatt Demps in the studio with us. Wyatt, thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right. So football season's over. Uh, how does it feel to be done? Um, I mean, to be honest, it still hasn't hit me yet. I've been chilling all day the pa- past couple days, but it still hasn't hit me. I mean, I'm still going to work out, go for pro day and stuff because I got invited to a bowl game, so I'm probably going to go to that and play in that. So I still have some football left. Which bowl game were you invited to? It's called the Tropic Tropic. Tropical uh, Florida bowl game. It's in Dayton, Florida. Sounds January tropical. <laughs> yeah. Sounds tropical. I know. Hopefully it's nice, you know. Yeah, a nice it's little vacation weather. out yeah. to Florida, you know. Yeah. Right as it's getting cold and about to snow soon, I'm sure, you get to go off to the tropics and sit in nice yeah, uh, hopefully. warm Florida, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, I was talking as soon as I came in here. It was hella cold, but uh, it's still sunny out, so I hope it's us warm and sunny in Florida. I'm sure it will be. I've been there this time of year, and it's really nice. Oh, okay. For sure. No worries. (laughs) So you got a big honor recently, um, offensive MVP and second team all Mountain West for the season. How do those honors feel? Yeah. Oh, I just just heard the the second one. I didn't even know that. But, I mean, it's cool. I mean – it just shows what happens when you put your work in, you know, all, all year round. You know, good things will come as long as you keep working. Yeah, you're definitely a playmaker this season. And, I mean, uh, transfer, uh, transitioning your offensive scheme that you've had uh, your entire uh, career here at Nevada must have been difficult uh, going to the air raid. But it seems like it worked out for you really well. No, yeah, it did because um, even since high school, I kind of had the kind of run the ball first offense. So I've always, you know, receivers always been second to uh, running backs, but finally the receivers are first. So, you know, that was good for a lot. A lot of people did good this year. You know, uh, McLean Mannix, freshman, and uh, Brendan O'Leary Orange, we all did really good this year. I was very proud. It must be fun to be a receiver in an air raid style offense. <laughs> No, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, because you're guaranteed to get the ball. You know, when you're running the ball, I, like get my first couple years here, you know, I wouldn't even get a look sometimes each game. So now you know you're going to get the ball, and something hopefully good will happen. Was it difficult making that transition? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was difficult. It was just different, you know, because uh, I had I've had what three different offensive coordinators the past four years. So you know, switching up new offenses, offensive scheme is not really hard, but 
I mean, because you just, you, I mean, you have all the time in the world to learn, you know, especially over summer, you know, because we already have the playbook by then. And so, I mean, it's not really difficult as long as you just uh, put the work in and read up about it. Speaking of switching, along with the three offense coordinators, you've had, what, five different, court, four different quarterbacks? Yeah, especially how, this year, three quarterbacks. How difficult was that, like, knowing, like, not knowing who necessarily was starting until, like, m- practice on Monday? Uh, I mean, okay, that was pretty difficult because, you know, I, we, cause we don't know, you know, the coaches know what they're going to do, but we don't know every time. So, but, but I mean, I mean, we're, we're, we're confident with, uh, who, whoever came in, whether it was Casey or, you know, or Ty, which finished out the year or David who came and then left. But I mean, we, we were cool with whoever was going to play. Is, is it a challenge? Do you have to kind of switch up your game when there's a different quarterback? Um, I wouldn't say you have to switch up your game, but you have to understand like, you know, certain people are going to do different things. Like maybe one's going to run the ball more, so you might have to block more one game. Or, you know, somebody's going to throw it throw it deep more, so you have to be really conditioned to run hella far that game. But, you know, it, I mean, it, I didn't have to switch it up that much. So looking back at your time in Nevada, what would you say is your greatest moment? At Nevada? Greatest moment? Uh, playing football-wise or just overall? Playing football-wise, then we'll talk overall. Okay. Playing football, um... Dang, that is a good question. Personally, probably um, uh, probably uh, my first uh, touchdown against Cal Poly last year. I like one-handed it in the back of the end zone. That was pretty crazy, personally. But overall, football, us winning the bowl game my sophomore year, I think. Because even though I didn't, I don't think I, I, yeah, I don't think I had any catches in that game. I still like worked hard and I made differences blocking and stuff, and we ended up winning. So, and that was the first bowl game we won in a while. So that was pretty cool. That was the Arizona Bowl, right? Yeah, exactly, Arizona. I remember that game just it was not televised anywhere. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> brand new. It was just it might have been like the second or first year, but it was brand new. Yeah, and we got we got cowboy boots as the bull gifts, so that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's yeah. also weird because you guys faced off against the Mountain West team. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't usually happen. So yeah, that our coaches were pretty frustrated at that because the point of a bull game is to play other teams that you don't play before. So like that that was really frustrating. But I mean we beat them, so that was all good. Yeah. A win's a win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> So looking at this season in particular, what do you think uh, was your biggest moment and what stuck with you the most? Mm, this season? Whew. Man, we didn't win a lot of games, but <laughs> I mean, probably beating, uh, beating Hawaii was probably a, a big moment because uh, our old offensive coordinators, uh, Coach Nick Rogers, the head coach there, and we lost to him his first year, and that was really disappointing. But to beat him at, at his first time back home, and for us playing him back home was uh, uh, pretty good for me and a lot of the players. I know that. So I'd probably say – and we had a pretty good game. Like, one of the first times we had a good defense and good offense through the whole year was that first win against Hawaii. Getting that first win of the season, was that like a giant – like, was that like a giant weight was lifted off your guys' plate? Like Because yeah. it was Coach uh, – it was Coach Norvell's first win at Nevada. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, because like we like it's so it's so horrible that we are three and nine because our record does not show how good we are. Like three out of those six uh, nine games we lost, we lost by like two points or something. So I mean, hor- we I mean it's just a matter of like inches that uh, could have been the difference. Like if we won those three games, we would have been a bowl game right now, you know, and it would be a whole different season. But yeah, so yeah, that Hawaii game was really the momentum changer. Uh, you went from that game, but then you got a really hard point in your season playing. Uh, Boise, Colorado State, and those were surprisingly close games looking at how you guys were playing at the beginning of the season. What was it about the Hawaii game that really like sparked 
the uh, the momentum? Um, I think, like I like I said, beating Rolo because we all knew him. I mean, some of us still stay in contact with him, and we knew like three uh, three out of their coaches there. And so just just I think we're all pre- just prepared differently for that game because we like out of all the games we're like all right we have to win this game we cannot lose anymore like back to back like this like so after that we're like all right we could beat it we could beat a team like now we could really beat some other teams hopefully which we end up being two more but I mean wins a win so is it really stressful as a player walking around campus knowing that you guys were on like a really bad losing streak oh absolutely I mean because we feel like we let uh, let the whole um uh, campus down I mean I did I, I'm not gonna speak for the whole team but I know as myself, I know that I have people coming to me like every week, like, dang, what happened that I don't even know? I'd be like, Shoot, I don't know. I played my heart out. I mean, man, we're trying. I mean, that's all we really can do. But, I mean, like, for myself, we I felt like we let the uh, town down. But, I mean, at least we got the cannon back in the, the season. Because, I mean, even we walked out against Las Vegas, there's people saying, like, we'll forgive Idaho State if you beat UNLV. So, you know. Do random students come up to you and ask you, like, what went wrong? I wouldn't say random students, but like people in my class that okay. you know I won't talk to, but I'll see them. They'll be like, "Hey, that was a good game, but uh, what, what, what what wrong? You know? <laughs> like what happened?" I'll be like, "Oh shoot, I don't know, man." <laughs> what What was the the real challenge at the beginning of the season? Was it getting used to the playbook? Was it getting used to the coaching staff? Was it getting some of the rust off? What do you think it was? Uh, just yeah, definitely overall getting used to the coaching staff because I mean, different. There's such different personalities from our old coaching staff, like. Basically, like, these new coaches love, not love arguing, but they love, like, passion and intensity. Like, if you yell back at them, but it's for a good reason, they'll respect it. They might yell back at you and, you know, get on you, but, you know, like, being able to talk back and be able to explain, like, what went wrong is just saying yes, sir, no, sir, and, like, not being able to communicate as well as we can. I mean, that, that was real different, a real different approach we had to take, uh, including me and a lot of other players being able to just adjust, like, to people yelling at you and you yelling back, like, and not getting in trouble, you know? Like, oh, crap, I could say something, you know? I could say F you, and, and they'll be like, F you too, and then you'll just go on the next play like it was nothing, you know? The next practice like it was nothing. When you guys got used to it, was that really motivating to you? Did that kind of fire you up, do you think? Yeah, because then you realize, like, they're, like, a lot of our coaches played football too, so they knew, like, how they know how intense it is. Some coaches never played the game at, at like, D1 or any level, so... But being able to say that, like, that allowed us to, like, be more comfortable with them. You know, like, a lot of us have better relationship with these coaches than we had the past, like, three years. So, What was it like going through each each week the Wolfpack walk, having a different alumni there each? That was uh, that was a really good experience. I really liked that. At first, I, I, the first game, I was like, what is this? Because he didn't really explain it before. He just said we we're going to do it. And so I didn't really understand it, but... I really liked when uh, having people come back because it shows like how deep uh, how deep it is. Because we're people playing uh, playing in the '70s, '60s, coming back and talking to us, saying, "Oh man, we love football. We wish you were here, man. You guys don't know how many lucky." And then we'll also have those connections because those guys will still be like, "Hey, if you guys need anything, just let us know. You know, if you need a job or something, or you need to talk to someone who knows what you're going through. I mean, those guys uh, always are there for help us for the rest of the year. And so will we as we graduate and come back. Hopefully, as long as uh, Coach Norvell's here, do that Wolfpack walk. When you guys, uh, when you guys played Colorado State, I saw you guys had Brandon Marshall and Virgil Green yeah. there. I think it's such it's such a great thing to see current Wolfpack players. They're like, what was their message to the team? Uh, oh yeah, like those guys too. They're just like play hard. Like you got to be able to get in get in the uh, the film room and play as hard as you can because like. Cause just like I said, once if you want to get to the league, like no one cares where you're from, man. As long as you could play, you could play. Cause I remember uh, Brandon Marshall saying like he's playing against, going against people from Alabama and LSU, but that don't mean anything to him. Cause I mean he's there too, you know. 
Who was one of the best people that you met? Who who inspired you the most? Who inspired? Uh, former teammate or former, uh, former player? Former player on those Wolfpack walks that you got to meet. Um, I was I over. I would say Vi. Vi, he's our assistant uh, running back coach and special team coach. Even though he's been here, uh, I mean, since the summer, basically in the spring. I mean, having him come back because he's like one of the all-time leading rushers here at Nevada, and just having here because he came and talked to us before a couple games too. Even though he, you know, he's on the team, so he talks to a little bit, but he wasn't able to like really speak about like things until he came, uh, until his Wolfpack walk. And so having him talk, you know, just showing how much he cares about us and how much this team means to him is is some you know you don't really get for some people because they're always there. Did he say anything in particular that spoke to you? Um. Uh, just that we, uh, we, he said we had to beat UNLV all year, and that was just so true. Like, all everyone said, like, at the end of the speech, like, F UNLV, like, we have to beat UNLV no matter what from the first game to the last game. Going into this season, what were your real expectations? Um, uh, real expectations? I mean, I wouldn't say I had expectations, but I had goals. You know, I had goals to be, uh, the best that I can, you know, get a, get a lot of touchdowns, get a lot of yards, and win a lot of games. But, I mean, the worst part about uh, winning games, having that as a as a goal and expectations that you can't control everything that happens on the field. Like that's why football is one of like the best games because it's a, really a team game. Like in basketball, you get someone drop eighty one points and win the game. You can't do that in football because if your old lineman doesn't block for that one play, he the D line could go sack the quarterback, fumble recovery, go for a touchdown, you end up losing the game. You know. And also, I guess with the, as a wide receiver, you can't control any everything because one, you don't know if the quarterback's going to throw you the ball. Yeah. You don't know all. You don't know like the coverages and yeah, yeah, whether yeah. they're gonna double team you or not. Yeah, exactly. So that I mean, that's one of the hard things about uh, winning. It's it's really hard. Like you don't know how hard it is to really win games in football. Like that's why it's very rare when those teams do it. They go undefeated. Like it's very hard for them to do because Alabama just lost. You know, I mean, it's so hard to go undefeated and win every game. But you try your best every time. It's no secret that there's some real studs on our team. For a lot of these losses, was there ever a point where people were starting to blame one another for the losses, or was everyone kind of taking it all as a team effort? And no, this was de- this was I could say, honestly like last last two years, like I could say people were pointing fingers, but this year, like man, even though this probably our, this was our worst record, no one was really like that because every week, you know, we always went hard. Like we had fights during practice and stuff, but I mean that just showed the passion people had like every week people were trying no because everyone knew that we wanted to win like no one was not trying to win everyone was trying their hardest to win every week so were these fights out of intensity or they actually yeah they're just they're just out of people just playing like when someone gets hit hard people don't other people don't like getting hit hard i don't like getting hit hard so like when i get hit hard in practice you know i'm gonna get up and say something and they'll say something back and then something might happen but you know it's it's nothing personal. That's what everyone everyone realizes. They might find a uh, fight on the field, but you wouldn't know. Like we don't get fights out. Like no one fights out on campus and stuff because we're all we're all friends. We're all brothers at the end of the day. When Coach Norvell came in, he established the motto of Nevada Grit. What does that mean to you? Nevada Grit uh, to me just means um uh, intensity and passion. You know, you got to be able to fight through things if you really love it. Just like our workouts this spring and summer were ridiculous. We were doing army crawls at 5 a.m. You could I don't know if we show the clips over uh, the internet or something, but our O-linemen, you know how big they are, they're, they're bleeding all up down their forearms because all trying to do the army crawls as well as everyone else. So, I mean, having Nevada grit is just having the passion 
uh, the passion for what you do, and that's for, for us it was football. I just remember in the winter time the videos came out and you guys were doing the strength and conditioning drills in yeah. the snow. Yeah, that like, was that looked awful. Yeah, it, it was awful, but I mean it just makes us uh, tougher for when those games come. You know, hopefully. You know. Do you feel like? This season in practice was your toughest season. Do you think you pushed yourself the hardest? Mm, yeah, I would say so. I mean, every year I try to outdo what I did last year, you know. I try to do a little bit more in the off season, a little bit more in practice because, you know, there's always room for improvement. Something you did last week may not affect this, may not affect right now, but it, it may affect the next game or something. So, Looking back, which newcomer, newcomer freshman had the biggest impact on this team? Newcomer freshman, uh, other than uh, uh, Mannix uh, on the field, um, there's a lot of people in the locker room who spoke a lot and stuff. And so, you know, Cayman uh, Curitan, KC, he, he had a big impact on me. I, I, I really like that guy. Because we talked a little bit about Cayman when he was uh, playing, but he didn't show his face too long for Nevada. Is there a lot of stuff that he did behind the scenes that uh, Nevada fans missed? I mean, Cayman's just a great overall guy, KC, like, and he and he, he's just funny, too. He's just, I mean, I yeah, there's a lot of things uh, Nevada fans miss, but, I mean, there's things you will never see in the locker room, things that he said to certain people, you know, it, it's, but they're all good, and so that's what makes him such a good guy. Like, he was always positive. So was uh, uh, Ty Ginge, you know, he was one guy who was always positive no matter what, especially when those games he didn't play. He was still cheering the team on as hard as he did when he wasn't playing, when he was starting. So I want to get to know you personally a little bit. I mean, this will be this is one of the last times we'll be able to see you on a Nevada campus uh, because you're graduating. So you're graduating. What are you studying? Uh, community health science. I'm about to graduate uh, bachelor's of public health, community health science. What are your goals after college? Man, go league. Obviously, go league, and then I'll probably end up being a coach because I love football. I mean, I don't. I can never get away from that. So I'll probably end up being a coach after I'm done playing. Are you moving back home, staying in Reno? Yeah, so yeah, so right now I'm about to graduate, celebrate a little bit, and then after Christmas go back home, hang out with the family, train, and get ready for this pro day and the bull game. So you're looking to go into the draft and Yeah, see what absolutely. Happens? Yeah, it's a long process, so hopefully it'll all work out. Uh it's no secret that you have a Transformers tattoo. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so where did that obsession come from? Um, in high school, they called me like Megatron and Optimus, and that, that was just—I always loved those movies from elementary school till they're still shooting like the tenth one now or whatever. But you know, so they just called me like Megatron and Optimus, and I just got the Autobot symbol on my left arm, just because it's just funny. I don't know. It does, I mean, tattoos aren't a really big thing to me, so but I thought that was funny, so I got it. So are you, still, are you a big Madden player? Um, nah, I'm more Call of Duty. I'm more of a shooter games. How's uh, you enjoying World War Two? Yeah, no, it's dope, but I just got this new game called Fortnite. It's really cool on PS4. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's, like, free, too. I don't yeah, know what about it. But you played it, Battle Royale. I, I, I haven't played it, but I know a bunch of people who've played yeah, it. Yeah, it's real fun. Yeah, I like that. You get to build stuff and then shoot people, you know. Oh, I guess games. I guess since you're a PlayStation, 4, PlayStation person, you ever did you ever get to play Halo? No, no, Halo's trash. I don't ever want to play Halo again. That is so weird. I don't get the story mode. I don't get anything about Halo. I cannot play Halo. That is, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely more of like a Madden and 2K type of guy. Yeah, yeah. See, I used to play 2K, but I'm now I'm horrible at it, so I can't play it no more. Like my well, brother kills me everywhere. I... Also, I'm an Xbox person, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trash at uh, 2K, so I'm mostly Madden, but I'll play a little bit of 2K. Yeah. I'm not really the the, the shooter yeah. game. Do you play FIFA? 
I rage way too much at FIFA. FIFA is <laughs> yeah, like FIFA is like one of those games where like no one knows how to play, and then you get into like penalty kicks, and everyone is conf- like you are so confused on yeah. how everything works, and you'll just like be able to score like one fluke goal, and then that was that'll be it. Yeah, a lot of my teammates love FIFA. That's but I I don't I don't play FIFA either. Like like just like that. Like I I didn't like I didn't play FIFA till I got here, and then they were all good at it already. So like I'm not gonna play it no more. Like it's a waste. Like, I'm done losing. A lot of Americans don't understand soccer in yeah, the first place. Yeah. I have family in England. I went to go play with my cousins FIFA, and I don't play FIFA at all, and they they wrecked me. Yeah. (laughs) So just Call of Duty, Fortnite, just a lot of uh, shooting games for you? Yeah, Call of Duty, Fortnite. I mean, I'm a zombies player too, so Black Ops 3 are the best zombies. I bought all those maps and beat the whole thing, got the Easter eggs, and that was crazy. I love zombies. Those DLCs are insane. Some of the the zombie maps are are insane crazy yeah no i used to stay up like all night playing that even if you had practice the next day i would still be playing that black ops was so just fun. uh show up like groggy like. yeah yeah <laughs> no, everyone everyone would know what i was doing because they'd be up with me too like all like especially my roommates we played that all night especially would you ever would you play stuff. like online with all a bunch of your teammates mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so that was always fun would Coach know if you guys all walked in groggy? You guys were up playing video games all night? Nah, he wouldn't know. I mean, we we always practice hard. Like, practicing was never really a problem. Maybe conditioning would be bad the next day, but whenever we had practice, we were always okay about that. Besides yourself, who's the best COD player? COD player on the team? Yeah. Oh, man. See, I haven't, I haven't played everyone because people, some people have Xboxes, and I know they're probably better than me because even though I played a lot, I'm not as good as them because, like, I didn't start playing, like, video games until I got, like, PS3. So people were all playing on the original Xbox, like, Modern Warfare 2. Like, I never played that when it first came out because I didn't know about it and stuff. But pro- I heard Zied, Zied Dominuri, he's probably one of the best one. That's what I hear, but whatever. <laughs> Is he an Xbox person? Yeah, he's an Xbox person. See, so I can't, I can't, I can't compare him to me. <laughs> All right, who's the best on the PlayStation on on PS4? Me. me. I'd besides yourself. <laughs> besides yourself. Besides myself. Uh, Blake Wright's pretty good. I play with him a lot. Uh, Kelton, Kelton, Kelton's trash. Don't ever play video games with Kelton. I beat him in Madden. Oh. He is so bad. It is hilarious. Good to, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> you ever play him? It's an easy win. <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only on PS4 though. Only on PS4. Don't matter. I'll switch. <laughs> I'll switch consoles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might have a chance. I always lose to Garrett and Madden. I I can't. It's an easy it. win. It's like, he's like Kelton. <laughs> <I'm> like Kelton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that is like the only game that I play too, and I'm still trash. <laughs> um, man, I, I want to know. I want to know more. But we've talked about video games a lot right now. Is there some? Is there anything else you want people to know about you? Um, yeah, if they have a paintball gun, they could see me anytime. I love paintballing. Um, uh, what else? What else? My brother plays for the Bighorn, so I'm always with him right now. Do you go to a lot of games? Yeah, I try to go as, as many home games as I can, especially now that I'm out of the season. But yeah, he's doing pretty well. My is dad. this his first season with the uh, with yeah. the Bighorns? Yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah, is this where did he season? play his college ball? Sac State, Sac State back home, Sacramento, where I'm from, nine one six, Elk Grove. Yeah, all that. <laughs> that's that's more him than me. That's, yeah. I'm from Los Angeles. He's from uh, San Jose. I'm from uh, San Jose, so yeah. halfway in between. Yeah, yeah, basically. I'm yeah. I'm five hours away. That's that's too far. San Jose like two hours. Yeah, something like that. From Sacramento, at least. I know where Elk Grove is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why wide receiver? What made you pick that position? Um, when I first played, I played defensive end and like tight end, 
and uh, like in Pop Warner because I was always taller than everyone, so I was like a little bigger. But then as soon as I got to high school, my brother was well, my brother was quarterback all the time. But as soon as I got to high school, my brother was a quarterback, and I was like a tight end safety. And they pulled me up to varsity like in a freshman year. I started really playing receiver. And so just catching the ball from him, practicing with him just made me more of a receiver. I mean, I didn't really know. I didn't really want to be a receiver. Like, I didn't, I didn't care. I just wanted to play at first, you know. But once I got my sophomore year, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be a receiver. Like, there's no doubt about this. Were you always a stud, like, in high school, too? Were you always <laughs> leading the team? I was I was all right, you know. I just I just did my job. My, if anyone from Pleasant Grove knows – uh, anyone who played football in Pleasant Grove knows of Coach Cat, and that man was a psychopath, but he's a very good coach. And he's a psychopath, but he's a good guy. Like, I don't know how else to explain that. Like, like he's crazy. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had a wrestling coach in high school that was a psychopath. Yeah, and... like, like, like this, like, this is something he, he would say, and I've told people this, like, when I was a sophomore, my brother was a senior, so we, I mean, we were all in the huddle on offense. We're, I don't, I don't even know what the score was. I know, I just know we weren't doing that bad to deserve what he said. He came up. He's like, "You guys are gonna miss me when I jump off the balcony when I get home tonight." What? And then walks what? away. What? That's, that's the, he called a timeout just to say that. We just looked at each other like, "What the hell is he talking about? Like, what is this guy doing?" But hey, my coach wasn't that bad. Yeah, so, but then we could have a conversation with him after, like, after the game. You go say, "What's up, coach?" He's like, "Oh, how you doing?" You no, know? but just on the field, like at practice, he was the craziest dude. And he he was like been coaching high school since he was like 25. Like he had the first head coaching job. He was like 40. And that's just his. That's just how he was. So I've got a really great photo of you uh, that I got from the Sagebrush, and it's you going. I don't even know. Oh how to yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. What? I've never seen you do that before. What? What was the, like, the sheer moment in that one? Uh, because like, that was just. I mean, that was just a hard catch, and like the dude was on me when I caught it, and I was just like, I just had so much energy because of the beginning of the game, kind of, you know. So I was just like, just letting it all out, you know, just screaming, hollering. I mean. I mean, we ended up destroying San Jose because I know exactly the picture you're talking about. Because people make fun of me. They were making fun of me after the game because I kind of like tripped after a little bit. <laughs> I kind of, or just like straightened out my leg. It just, it just it looked weird. So, yeah. I you have teammates about. meme it? Like turned it into a meme? Oh, I, no, I don't know if they do. They haven't shown me. <laughs> uh, a team group chat. Yeah. <laughs> team, gr- <laughs> team group chat minus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. When you guys for the UNLV game, you guys displayed those new helmets. What were your initial thoughts? Oh, they're dope. Those black ones are cool, and they and they allowed us to keep them after. Oh, just the seniors could keep them because they're the last. That's helmet. cool. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But I really like them. I just wish we get black jerseys too. Uh huh. Black to get all that, which they'll probably end up getting later in the future. But that's pretty cool. I like the all black, especially shoes and socks and stuff. So that was pretty. Cool. Personally, I thought you should, you guys should have rocked like blue blue jerseys, blue pants, like like what basketball does. Yeah, yeah. For their like they're Nevada, they're Nevada jerseys. No, me too. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always been begging for all blue, but you know, there's like 115 people they got to do, it, and basketball's only like 15. So, mm-hmm. well, we're running out of time here, Wyatt. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Absolutely, man. Uh, stay tuned for more. We're gonna take a quick break and come back with basketball news. Men's basketball is still on fire. They are most likely still undefeated this far, uh, so far this season with a record of 7-0, and I say most likely because this 
uh, segment was recorded prior to this game on Wednesday versus Illinois State. But, Gary, I speak for both of us when I think that uh, our prediction is that they just they beat Illinois State. Nevada started this week at home versus Davidson with a win, 81-66. to And a quick fun fact, former Wolfpack player and current, and current Golden State Warrior JaVale McGee made a bet with teammate, former Davidson point guard. You may have heard of this guy, Steph Curry, over the outcome of this game. Curry obviously lost the bet, and you can see him rocking a Warriors fanny pack for three games starting at that game versus the, Pelican, versus the Pelicans. <laughs> Those are some funny pictures, right, Garrett? Yeah, they, they were pretty funny. Uh, good for JaVale for making a bet. Yeah, but more about this game, Garrett. So, yeah, Nevada won 81-66. to It was the last home game for the Thanksgiving break. It was good to see a lot. There were a good amount of people there. Um, Caleb Martin was an absolute beast. 26 points, 8 rebounds. 26, those 26 points led the team. Josh Hall contributed 17 points off the bench. The team shot 45% from three, which is which is pretty good. And the defense was legit. They forced 15 turnovers on against a team that only turned it over seven times coming into the Nevada game. Wow. So who who was the biggest player on defense? Um, you got to say the Martin twins. The Martin twins were getting were get just getting their hands on the ball. Uh, Cody Martin had four steals and a block. Jordan Caroline had two steals. Lindsey Drew had two steals. Yeah. Um, also, Kendall Stevens had two blocks. So it was great to see that this team was coaching well. It was it was a really good, really stellar defensive performance. Yeah, Caleb Martin, I mean, putting up points like this, he's definitely like that new Cam Oliver. Uh, he's putting up points very similar to him. I mean, we got to work on getting those rebounds up. I want to see Caleb Martin getting more double-doubles. I want to see Jordan's Car- Jordan Caroline's name showing up more. Um, but Josh Hall... I mean, when we talked to him during media day, he said that he was in the best shape of his life right now. And looking at it, he is. He's playing incredibly. Yeah, and looking at this game, like, Kendall Stevens didn't even score. But Kendall Stevens is, he's he doesn't score very much at all. He's kind of a quiet guy on the court. Yeah, but he's also very lethal from three-point range. Um, and three-point shooting, they went 9-20, which is which is good for 45%. Josh Holt went 5-6 from deep. Jordan Caroline two two of four, Caleb Barden two of four two of five, so it's, it's great to see that Nevada's shooting pretty efficiently from beyond the arc. Definitely, and uh, Nevada kept on this momentum going to this next game at Hawaii. They got a nice little trip out uh, to the tropics, and they got a win there as well. Eighty sorry sixty seven to fifty four, um, with a late start game at ten p.m. Uh, our time because Hawaii is two hours behind us. Yeah, this is this is uh, got a funny story here. So I was watching the game, um, ten o'clock tip off. I watched the first half, fell asleep during halftime. Woke up, saw like the Hawaii like studio and an- uh, analysis thinking. Thought to myself, is the game is it still halftime? Roll over, check my phone, see that it's uh, the game's over. Nevada wants up. I'm like, it, this late start just killed me. I'm sure it killed most fans as well. Yeah, this must have been a hard one for Nevada fans to watch. I saw a couple people on Snapchat watching it while they're uh, out at the bars on a on a ten o'clock uh, night. I mean, some real dedicated fans had to be able to watch this game. 
Uh, but again, 67 to 54 win. Caleb Martin again. Uh, Beasting. Being, beasting, being fantastic, stellar, 22.6 rebounds. And his brother, Cody, six points, 16 16. points, three steals, and three blocks. Yeah, the one thing that was not falling for Nevada this game were three points. Granted, three-point shooting was not falling for either team as Nevada shot 29.4% from three, while Hawaii shot 18.8% from three. I'm sure that this is a thing that bugs Coach Muss, and I think that – in their next game, we should see them shooting from a higher uh, efficiency. And once again, like they they forced seventeen turnovers off uh, off of Hawaii. And the game was started out kind of sloppy, like just turning the ball over back and forth. But one thing you'd like to see is Nevada win the rebounding battle. They didn't they didn't win the rebounding battle. They tied um, thir- they tied the rebounding battle and. That's something we saw last year. We saw Nevada like dominate the rebounding battle. Yeah, so they, they kind of slowed down a bit in this game against Hawaii. Um, but, I mean, still a, a good uh, Mountain West Conference opponent win. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about this game against Illinois State. I mean, we didn't get to – we haven't been to it yet. We'll be at it uh, tomorrow night. I have good predictions for this game. I think that we're going to uh, win Illinois, uh, against Illinois State and Jordan Caroline's going to get some good bragging rights against his former teammates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Illinois State comes into this game with a record of 3-3. Three and three. They average about 75 points a game. Last week they lost to Boise State. Um, Nevada has proven that it can shut down defenses, so I expect nothing less. Their top scorer is Keyshawn Evans, who's averaging 23 points a game. He might be a player to watch this game because – 23 points is a lot, especially if your team's averaging 75. Yeah, he's definitely— It's almost like, what, like a fourth, a third, third? Third? Yeah. I mean, that's incredible, uh, 23 points like that. But, I mean, again, a team's that's only averaging 75 points. I mean, look at us. We're, we've gotten a couple games in the triple digits, and we're definitely going in the high double digits, nearing that, except for this game against Hawaii that was— um, a mutually low scoring. It, uh, it just proves that Nevada can win both types of games. It can win shootouts and it can win offense and defensive head of game, defensive um, mount minded games. Yep. So sitting right now, I believe that we did win this game. I'm sure uh, you've seen it on our, if you follow us on social media that we've been posting stuff about this game. We'll be there taking photos and. Um, live tweeting and live, live tweeting, tweeting sitting in the press box so you probably already know the outcome of this one before we do right now in the studio uh, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, this upcoming week uh, we've got a game on Saturday uh, versus UC Irving uh, Irvine Irvine it's not Irving UC Irvine <laughs> there we go uh, UC Irvine comes into this game with a record of 3-5 and five. um this is an Irvine team that in the past it's been good. They've made the mount- they made the NCAA tournament the past few years. A little bit disappointing to see that their record's not great, especially when it comes to tournament time and resumes. Uh, they average seventy two points a game, and their top scorer is Evan Leonard, who's averaging ten points a game. I think this is a this is going to be sort of a tough test for Nevada, but not really. We've seen them play some pretty good schools on the road already, and. San, what is it? San, Santa Clara, uh, Hawaii was tough. 
But I think Nevada still comes away with a win. I agree. I think that Nevada keeps on this hot streak for quite a while. Um, and then we play uh, Texas Tech on Tuesday at Texas Tech. This is, this is going to be a real tough game because it's number 22 versus number 27. Unfortunately, we're not number 22. Uh, Texas Tech is ranked 22nd in the nation. They are a very good team. This is um, the first true test for Nevada. Um, it's going to be tough, especially playing in Lubbock. Lubbock has Lubbock has always been a tough place to play for uh, teams. They harass uh, their student section harasses the other team. Uh, they come into this game. They're six and zero as well. Uh, they have wins over Northwestern and Boston College. Northwestern started the season ranked. They're good. Um, they average eighty three points a game, and their top scorer is Keenan Evans, who averages fifteen a game. Should be a very high scoring game. Uh, expect a shootout for the pack. Hey Devlin, this one's going to be that one where. It's hard to put a real prediction on it. Um, I'm sure that Texas Tech is favored in this one, um, and it's going to be really. It's going to be as, as I said again. It's going to be an extremely tough uh, battle for us. Like Garrett said, away uh, at Texas Tech. Um, Garrett, what's going to be the the saving grace for Nevada if uh, if we do win this one? I think that definitely if we win this game, we'll be in the top twenty five for sure. Um, I think that one thing is we're gonna have to see the Martins play, play defense. Well, they've played defense all year, but we gotta see them step up, like play stellar defense. Because with a team that can score, you gotta play stellar. You gotta play defense. You gotta play really good defense in order to get a few stops at the end of the game and eventually win. Uh, this you also need to keep keep up with them with a team that can score. You don't want to get fall behind early and then they just continue to score and. You get blown out, but I think you're gonna have to look for key performances from Jordan Caroline, uh, the Martin Twins, and Kendall Stevens. Yeah, everyone's definitely gonna have to really step up for this one. I think this is gonna be a real test for Josh Hall uh, in his sophomore season, going up against a team like this. Do we have anything that do we have any secret weapons that might help us against Texas Tech? Um, secret weapons. I'm gonna say Elijah Foster and Darian Williams. I think those those two centers can help especially grab some boards and uh, be physical down in the low post. Do you think definitely playing on the defensive side of this game could will win it to us? Or even yes. offense. These, these dudes can grab offensive rebounds and give Nevada extra possessions. All right, so a tough one next Tuesday versus Texas Tech. Lots of uh, up-in-the-air things, but uh, a great battle for Nevada in store that could boost us into the top 25 and make us a really, really – strong recognizable school and a record at if we get an undefeated record at that point it's game on and uh what would that be that would be our first 10 that would game, be our first nine that be nine nine and oh nine and oh starting the season it'd is, be uncharted territory for nevada definitely uncharted territory for nevada uh good things we uh we see a lot of good things for nevada basketball um gary is there anything else you want to say about nevada basketball before we move on good look guys you're going to need it, especially with two tough games, Texas Tech, TCU, coming up. Yep, good luck indeed. And we'll be right back after this quick break with women's basketball. Stay tuned. Women's basketball had an exciting week this week, winning two out of three games and boasting a 3-3 three and three record so far in the season. 
the game that I really, really wanted to talk about was the game against UConn, which uh, not too surprisingly we did lose 88 to 57. You know, Garrett, it's, that might look like a blowout, but against the reigning champs, it's no doubt that UConn is the force to be reckoned with yeah. in women's basketball. This was this was a great great atmosphere for a game. Seven thousand people were there, which set a state record for most people attending a women's basketball game. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, seven thousand doesn't seem like a lot for Lawler, but I've never seen a this, women's basketball stadium feel well, out like that. Well, to be fair, UConn did buy five hundred tickets. And this was a homecoming for UConn star Gabby Williams, who played her ba- played her high school ball in Sparks at Reed. She, I I swore there were so many uh, UConn jerseys with number fifteen, i.e. her number. Uh, and it was a great game. It was great to see. Well, one, it was great to see the coaching legend, the Gino Oriema, in his aura. There were a lot of fans. And I hope to see that Nevada women's games are like this more often. Taking a look at the game, it was close in the second half, not really the first half. Um, Tej Zeller led the Wolfpack with 17 points. Kimariah King had 15 and hit five threes. But at the end of the day, UConn is good. Good is an understatement. They didn't even look like a fair fight. No, it didn't. They're just so much taller and better than, like, um, the, the UConn pressed early and often in this game, and they were press. They continued to press even when they were up thirty points. It's it, it's insane. Like, why do this? Like, have mercy, please. Have mercy. Gabby Williams was a thief. She had eighteen points, three assists, and five steals. Five wow. steals. You'd think Gabby Williams would go a little bit easy no. against her home team. Right. No, no, she's got to show off definitely. And no, it was it wasn't only Gabby Williams. Kia Nurse was a big big star for the uh, for the Huskies. And who knows when the number one team ever is going to come to play in Nevada again? Yeah, that's in, that's incredible that they traveled all the way out to Reno to play us. But I mean, uh, definitely uh, it, it an was, easy win. But I think this was such a great move for the UConn star, the coach surprising her and saying, "Yo, you." You get to play in front of your home, friends and family. Mm-hmm. Like, that must have been great for Because, I mean, Connecticut's not close. No. Well, to be fair, when you're the number one player and, like, when you're, like, a five-star recruit, choose UConn over Nevada all day. Oh, 100%. But, uh, I mean, it must be hard for her not being able to see her family often. And I, she's probably training 365 mm-hmm. days out of the year. Yeah, no. And since this is her senior year, um, when she when – she, when they did those pregame introductions and they introduced her, the crowd got electric. It was a really big uh, roar. And when she, when she got subbed out for the final time, another big roar, like standing ovation. There were a lot of kids kids in, a, like, school, like, kids and teachers there. Was it, she the star of the show, really? No. It was Kia Nurse. Really? Kia Nurse balled out, man. She, she was on fire. She went, like, seven to seven for threes. Like, she was... She was a stud. But, I mean, did uh, did Gabby Williams, was she really the one that everyone was watching? It wasn't, yeah. People every, weren't really yeah. there for, mm-hmm. for Nevada. No, yeah, everyone was there to see. Well, I think everyone was there to see Gabby and then also see the number one team in the nation. That's true. I mean, it's not often that Nevada fans can witness. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that our team isn't good, but they're not UConn good, you know. It'd be like 
if uh, Alabama came to Nevada to play the football team. I'm you know? scared. I'd be, you'd, I'd be deathly afraid for uh, for Ty Ganji, but uh, you know, it, it, I think it would pull, bring out a lot of people because no one gets that opportunity to watch a team play like that. Yeah, no, it it was a great, it it was a great thing to see. Um, they just play with, they're just like on another level. They're like on another planet. Like, like they're just that much better than Nevada. Yeah, definitely. And I want to move on from UConn and talk about uh, this upcoming week for women's basketball. It doesn't get easier. It does not get easier. They go off to the Maui Classic. Well, um, at least they get to enjoy Hawaii. Yeah, at least they get to go go and enjoy Hawaii. I don't know how much uh, fun they're going to have against uh, these two teams, though. Friday they play uh, or- number 18 in the nation, Oregon State. Uh, currently has a similar record to us of 3-2 and two on the season. Yeah, how do you think that Nevada is going to do against uh, an Oregon State team? I I think they're going to struggle. They're it's going to I think it might be close for the first part, but I think they're going to struggle. These top ranked teams. Yeah, definitely. And then right after that, the next day they face off against Montana State, who has a current record of four and two on this season. Another tough one, Garrett. Right? When looking when looking at Montana State, I didn't think they'd be good. Just because they're Montana State, I don't know how good of recruits you got, but they're sitting at a record of four and two. It's pretty good, better than ours. I don't. I think they got zero and two in this tournament in return from Hawaii with a record of three and five. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that um, Madden Levins is doing a great job uh, in her first season, and I think that uh, despite how this record might turn out, I think that women's basketball has uh, a good future ahead of it. Yeah, and one thing I like uh, like I've liked about Amanda Levins is that she's held her like the compo- her composure has been phenomenal so far this season. You know that this season's not going to go the greatest, but you gotta you gotta be positive. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And that being said, guys, uh, that's the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning into Pack Center this week. It's, it was a lot of fun having Wyatt Dams on the show, uh, talking football into the season, talking volleyball into the season. And, you know, as we said earlier, we're super excited about basketball season coming up. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter at PacCenterNV, Instagram at PacCenterNevada, and Facebook PacCenterNevada. From the Reynolds School of – oh, well, actually, hold, on. I just, hold up. I got this. Oh, you got it? Okay, sorry. I almost I, forgot it. Yeah. Um, I want to just give a huge congratulations to our friend Cody Fajardo and the Toronto Argonauts on winning the Grey Cup. The, the Argonauts beat the Stamp, Calgary Stampede 27 to 24. Cody had two carries. I can't I can't wait for Cody to come in the studio with that ring. Oh, I want to see that I want to see that championship ring. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for Cody to come back to Reno and uh, sit down with us on Paxton and have another uh, interview with him. Uh, he's a great guy and I'm super excited for him that he's got so walk around the Grey Cup ring because we talked about that with him when he came on the show that do you want a great? Do you have a goal to get a great cup? And I think at the time he had no idea that he was even they even had a chance to get that far. Once once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. Exactly, and okay, now it's the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, for the Reynolds School of Journalism Wolfpack Radio. Go Wolfpack!